You're listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're welcome to another episode of the Analuya podcast. My name is Josh, and... It's the last week of April, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Rebecca. Hello, hello. We are really excited for this episode. It's, again, one of my personal favorites from childhood, and I think a favorite of everybody um, growing up who watched Disney movies, especially during the yeah, Disney Renaissance era. I would say that's true. It's one of the classics. Yeah, most definitely. But Rebecca, do you know what the end of April means? Um, May flowers are coming soon. Not quite. It's gonna be May. It is. And if you're a fan of NSYNC, I hope you like that nod. Oh, <laughs> that took me a second. I was like, what are you doing? It's going to be May. I, I got it. I got it now. I Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that meme that comes up. Yes, like exactly. The last week I... of April and it's, <laughs> oh yeah, well, what, uh, Nick Carter or Chris, uh, Mm-hmm. Who's that? No, no, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yes. yeah. Well, yeah. Come on, you don't know your NSYNC I, people? I, I was a Backstreet uh, kind <gasps> of dude. You were a Backstreet Boys guy? I preferred uh, NSYNC over Backstreet Boys, but I did like both. I just love boy bands, though. Well, <laughs> They're you, great. You, you're all about the boy bands. I Yes, even still. You got a little uh, Harry Styles thing going on? Um, No, actually. <laughs> not, not that. Not that. He's a part of uh, what group? One Direction? Yeah, Is that One right? Direction. Yeah, I never really listened to One Direction. I mean, there's a couple of songs that, you know, are kind of classics at this point. But uh, beyond that, no, not so much. But I do like all of the uh, boy bands that are um, from K-pop. Oh, yeah, those yeah. Those great. like, uh, wait, don't don't tell me, BTS. Yeah, that's yeah, one of them. That's all of them. Mm-hmm. There's another one. And they all have acronyms or something. Uh, a lot of them do. A lot of them do. They're really good ones. There's XO. That one's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, They're man. Great. Yeah. I don't even tell them that. XO, like, XO. gosh, a lot. <laughs> They're so good. Um, oh, man. There's tons of them. Yeah. I can't think of any more at the moment, but I do love them. They're great. Wonderful. Something about, like, boy band sounds. It's just, they're just so good. Well, especially that know. nostalgic, like, 90s era mm, yeah. where you can get the feel. And some bands have had that kind of vibe about them. And so, oh, that brings me back. Mm-hmm. Yep, it does. It does. I think that's why they're popular. Or one of the reasons, anyway. But boy bands aside, and speaking of the end of April, we are really excited for next month. I'm just going to tell you guys a little bit about it. If you don't keep up with our social media, which, what are you doing? You should. <laughs> yes, you should. I now have to wear, like, anything that we post on Instagram will be posted on Twitter and on our Facebook page. So either subscribe to one, you should be seeing all the updates. But earlier this week, I did post a, I did post a announcement about our mental health awareness series. We are really, really gearing up for this. We have some guests lined up that'll be joining us, some licensed therapists. So we'll be kind of talking about the mental health themes and a few different movies and a couple TV shows. And it should be a lot of fun. We think mental health is a very important topic. And that's why for the month of May, we're going to break away from, uh, not too much, our traditional format and have these 
interviews with these specialists and also still have some spirituality in there, but more so focused on the mental health aspect um, because we do want to you know, promote mental health, self-care, all that great stuff. Yeah, it's so important. Um, and, you know, I think going along with mental health is spiritual health. I think that's part of it. So I'm excited to be able to talk about that um, next month. I know we talk a lot about mental health, I feel like, anyway, uh, just in general. I mean, in a way we do, yeah. Yeah, but but this will just be like really focused with therapist, like licensed therapists and and all of that. But but yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to be able to chat with these individuals and to be able to go more in depth in some of these things. So I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, and it's gonna be a big kind of like bonus for you because with you kind of like sending the a counselor and right. already exercising those skills with a few individuals that um, have sought you out. Really interesting to see how all that transpires. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. I'm really excited because I'm coming at it right now, not from like a, I guess, traditional counselor. It's more of like discipleship at the moment, um, which is counseling in a way. But um, it's just like 100% coming at this from a spiritual perspective, and um, which is exciting. And I love doing that. I'm also really excited to learn other techniques and things. Well, now on to our topic. Um, as you have already guessed, this is from the Disney Renaissance era. And Rebecca, what are we going to be talking about today? We are talking about Aladdin. On the down, stop on by, hop a carpet and fly to another Arabian night. Arabian nights like Arabian days. Yeah, you, you knew it was coming. When when this was put on, once she heard that Arabian music, you were like, it's Aladdin time. <laughs> and they used that song for the TV series that came out a couple of years later, because this was out in 1992. So I was like five or six um, at that point. This was pretty early on into, into the Renaissance. Right. And... It has some great voice actors. Oh, yeah. And the two that I'll point out that had sadly passed, um, one was several years ago, the great and talented Robin Williams, yeah. voices for Genie, and does a remarkable job at it. From interviews and different things I've seen, a lot of his stuff was ad-libbed. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That makes total sense, though, from just, I don't know, who Robin Williams was. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then Gilbert Gottfried, yeah. don't know who he is. He played the voice of Iago. Mm-hmm. Again, he sadly passed recently. Yeah, it was pretty recently. I want to say like a couple months ago, right? No, no. It was like a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. So pretty recent there. But also some other great um, voice talents, um, great music, not only lyrics, but also just the orchestral arrangement, the scores, yeah, and the whole storyline. So we want to get to a few main points here that we'll talk about regarding this movie. And the first one comes to us in the form of a soundbite. Do not be fooled by his commonplace appearance. Like so many things, it is not what is outside, but what is inside that counts. And so that moves us into our first point of deceptive appearances and also self-worth. Oh yeah, that's a big one in the movie. Because 
they all they're always talking about finding that diamond in the rough. Watching it now as an adult, that phrase is used more times than I thought. <laughs> um, it's about finding, you know, that that gem in the um, in the junk, basically. Like this podcast, this is a gem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and even the um, the Cave of Wonders um, tiger. Is he a yeah. tiger? Yeah, he is. So the Cave of Wonders tiger, when he says, who are you? And um, the little thief, he's like, I, I am Kazim, a humble thief. He's like, only one may enter. The, the one whose worth lies deep within the diamond in the rough. And I was like, ooh, I like that. I like that he very specifically said, the one whose worth lies deep within. And so often we, we only see what's on the surface. And there's so much more to someone. It's like the, you know, the iconic iceberg model. All you see is the tippy top of the iceberg. Sometimes that looks huge, but underneath, woo, it's massive. Because it's so easy that we have these preconceived notions about people. Prime example I can think of is the homeless people or the ones that have appear to be homeless that have the sign on the cardboard and asking yeah. for money. And th- I think we become so jaded in our society and culture that, well, are they really homeless or are they just asking for drug money or are they just going to go out and spend on alcohol or whatever? Well, and a lot of people are, mm-hmm. that's the sad part is that's what a lot of them probably are doing. And it is hard to know if they're genuine I think if you come at it from a place of curiosity, I think you're much better off rather than going in with the idea of just giving them five bucks or something. Um, If you go in with the mindset of, okay, I'm going to have a conversation with this person and being curious about their life and how did they get there and, and all of that. I'm not saying I'm good at that. I'm really, really bad at that actually, because I mean, you're right, Josh, we have become so jaded because I know I've seen particularly around where we live, where the, the place where I work is pretty, um, I don't know. It's not upscale, but they don't have any street rats or, or riff rats over there. <laughs> uh, not as much. No. <laughs> um, so when you do see people, you're like, okay. And, and it's in a fairly wealthy area. I wonder a lot if they're just there to get the wealthy people's money or if they truly do need help. And that's the sad part of that, because I think like it is. 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't have thought that. We would have automatically gone to the second option, because there wouldn't have been like, at first you're saying, then the one option to, hey, let's help this person out. Let's have a conversation with them. Now, since we have like street peddlers and people that go on social media, it's like, hey, today I'm going to pretend to be homeless and see how much money I get and all that stuff. Well, I mean, I don't think that's changed anything. I I mean, homeless people and like you say, you different street peddlers and things like that. Like those people have existed throughout time. So I kind of think it's just like, it's a thing that society, I don't know, not accepts, but it's just a part of society. And we've all become so, well, I think we start off as very, we start off as very open and wanting to help people, which is a good thing. Um, but then 
as we get older and we start to hear more stories about, yeah, the, that, (laughs) that woman who used to stand on the street with her kids, I saw somebody come and pick her up in a a Jaguar car (laughs) or something like that. And you're like, interesting or they just like walked and got into their own car and you're like okay yes those that are really giving the people who actually need help a bad name right exactly and we just lump them all together in just one group and say okay well you know they're gonna this person looks homeless but don't be fooled they're gonna get in their jaguar or their lexus or whatever and they're gonna go on about their day and well, I feel like that got off topic. Where, where were we? How did we get here? Well, this is all going towards um, looking deeper. Look at looking deeper. Got it. Okay. And I was like, why did we start talking about this? <laughs> when we correlate this to the character of the Latin, we see that he is down on his luck. He is an orphan because, so far, what we know, he doesn't have any parents. He just has his friend Abu, the monkey. And he's just trying to get a loaf of bread, trying to run from the palace guards for being a thief. And everybody just not like has disdain for it. Well, the palace guards do. <laughs> but around the like the the, the uh, bazaar, the marketplace, he's just like, oh, that Aladdin, he's getting into trouble again. Which is true. You know, he is stealing, mm-hmm. which is wrong. He is what they say he is, but those are just outward behaviors. That's not who he is. Absolutely agree with that. And that is what we, and you're right, Rebecca, that's all the outward appearance that's being displayed from the Latin. And these behaviors are just, I guess, a victim of circumstance. He didn't ask to be put in this situation. No. That's just what happened. Yeah, you know, it makes me think a lot of um, when I'm talking with like biblical counseling uh, people, biblical counselees, whatever. Um, when I'm talking with them, they typically come in with um, these behaviors that they don't want or emotions that they don't want. That they're they're angry with their kids all the time and they're lashing out and they're throwing things or whatever. Those are the behaviors that you see outwardly that you don't want to continue. And what I look for and help them to see is that, okay, yeah, we see your behaviors, but actually your behaviors are a symptom of something much deeper that's going on with your identity, probably. And there could be other belief systems and, you know, other things going along with that. But once you get your identity and your relationship with God right, and you start to learn more about him, to know him um, and experience relationship with him, then your behaviors end up changing. And it's the same kind of thing here with Aladdin that, I mean, I would say. Well, yeah, he just has to get a, um, you know, an upper hand that we'll talk about a little bit later here. Yeah, obviously this is not, this is not a spiritual story, exactly. <laughs> but we can definitely draw truths from it or, right. or talk about it, which is what we do every week. So Absolutely. there we go. Absolutely. And I'm going to play a little bit of a clip here because I think the reprise of one jump from this movie perfectly illustrates Aladdin's internal struggle because we're seeing his behaviors, his outward 
appearance and everybody's kind of outlook on him and how they view him. Riff raff, street rat, I don't buy that. If only they'd look closer, would they see a poor boy? No siree. They'd find out there's so much more to me. He's just wanting to be seen, you know? Yeah, seen and heard. And yeah. the line that goes, well, they see a poor boy, no siree. They just see this trickster and this thief, basically, because that's what they want to see. I mean, it's it's not it's not a lie that he's doing all these things, right? That's all these people had to go on. Well, like you said, there's they would find out that there's so much more to me than just my outward behaviors, which is true for everyone. Absolutely. Like if I took one look at you, like not having been married, not having dated, but we were just like acquaintances or whatever, and I saw a side of you that you just are frantic and you just rush through everything. It's like, wow, that person is just like, they have no time management skills. They are just rushing everywhere. Their life must be hectic. Guilty. <laughs> At least this morning was, this morning was, was crazy. Um, but yeah, exactly. That, that is just one side of me. And that's not you a hundred percent of the time. Right. That's, that's just like a, a small percentage like 5%, I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I sure hope so anyway. <laughs> I sure hope it's not more than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I would I'll, say... I'll, I'll draw you a graph later. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think of myself anyway, and I hope this is true. Most of the time, I'm very, you know, calm and loving and caring um, and encouraging. Like That's who I hope I am. I would say absolutely. Those are all attributes of your character. Oh, well, thanks, Josh. So I certainly agree with that. Fishing. And, and for the record, I'm not saying that because I'm married to her. I'm <laughs> I'm saying that as a God honest, absolute truth. Well, thanks, Josh. Appreciate that. Thank you. No, about me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but this is true for anyone dealing with self-worth and looking at the outward appearance and being deceived by by appearances, when we relate to Christianity, more specifically the church, we all think that there. Well, not all of us, but there is a select group or select people who think there is only one way to worship. Mm. There is only one set of rules. You can't wear pants. You need to have your hair trimmed and combed. No facial hair. You need to be all shaven. You need to act like this and that. And if you do, you may have favor with God. Yeah, it's a really... Um, and that's a very legalistic mindset. <clears throat> yeah, it's a really sad way to live. Um, I say that with compassion because in we know that in Romans, um, I believe it's Romans 7, Paul talks a lot about the law and the one thing that he says over and over in pretty much all of his letters is that the law is death. When you try to live under the law, it is literally death because we are supposed to be living under grace. The law is good. 
And the law points us to grace and to Jesus, who is the embodiment of grace. Um, and so you don't, we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live under laws and, and rules like that. Now, there are things that we should and shouldn't do, of course. But yeah, we don't, we don't have to, to live that way. I believe that people who try to live under the law are perfectionist. Well, and I think they do it with good intentions. Exactly you know? what I was about to say. Again, uh, yeah. their, their intent may be good, but when you try to live under the law, trying to be perfect, it is just going to destroy you every time. Yeah, it will. And that's and- why I have this free gift of you know grace and living under, I would much rather live under grace than the law any day. Yeah, the crazy thing is, is that we end up making laws for ourselves. It's not just the Ten Commandments that's the law. It's, you know, we make a law for ourselves to say, like I know someone who thinks that um, if they are sick, then they are useless and that no one will love them if they are sick. And I have to remind them, like, that is not true. I will care about you and love you even if you are sick. And in fact, I want to help take care of you. So. You know, that's just one example of a law we can make for ourselves. Do you think a lot of the laws that we make for ourselves, kind of like that one, are like a, like self-deprecating? I think a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of them are. You mean like... Um, like if I'm sick, you know, I'm pretty much useless. Or if this happens or if I'm late or whatever, that's on me. I'm the bad person because of A, B, C, whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I would say most... Uh, most of them are that. And that's why Paul says that it's death is because that's not, it's not the right view of ourselves and it's not having, it's not having compassion. Um, Yeah. And it goes along with you, when you were talking about Paul, there's another scripture that says you're snared by the words of your mouth. And if you are just talking self-deprecation, self-deprecation, negative, 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 not that, you know, everything's going to be all rosy and all perfect all the time because it's not. But if you constantly have that negative reinforcement, you are killing yourself emotionally and mentally. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, our stinking thinking. <laughs> I love that phrase. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're exactly right. It's like it's this idea of what we meditate on is what we will become. Sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. And if we're constantly thinking these negative things, our thought life suffers. And what I typically do when I'm talking with people and, and you know, counseling them or discipling them, whichever word you please, um, I have a tool called God's plumb line that we usually go through. And it takes you through that stinking thinking. And um, it, on the bottom, it's like a horizontal page to a landscape page. And there's a line in the middle of the page. And under that line is where you write the lies. So you start off with, what are your behaviors? Negative behaviors. These are the things that I see. And then you go into emotions. Okay, well, what are the emotions that are going on? What are some of the thoughts that you're having during this, this event of whatever is happen, happening with you? And those thoughts end up becoming what, um, they, they end up turning into I am statements. So from those thoughts, it's, okay, well, I am... I am the worst. I am a loser. I am not smart. I am whatever these things are that are the lie. And that feeds then into what are we really worshiping here in this situation? 
what are we believing about God? And they turn into God is statements. God is not caring. God is not faithful. And of course, we cognitively know that these things are not true of God, but in this moment, that's what we're believing about him. So once we put all the lies down on paper, we can then start to address them one by one by saying um, the truth on top of that. So then we can have um, God is faithful. God is trustworthy. And where are the scriptures that's there? And okay, well, what does that mean about me? What I am, what? And then what are the thoughts that, and you keep going down the line, um, thoughts, then emotions, and then behaviors that come out of that, the positive truth of everything. And um, that's how I help to coach people to retrain their brains, basically, for looking at them. I I mean, for self-worth, this tool is so helpful to be able to see what's really going on in your head particularly if you have a really bad view of yourself, um, you know, much like, uh, much like our friend Aladdin here, he has a pretty bad view of himself. He does because he is the diamond in the rough. Like he doesn't know that certainly doesn't think that, but it's not towards the end of the film when he's stripped of everything that he's wished for. And Jeannie says to him, no, no matter whatever that he says, well, anything that he says, you'll always be a prince to me. And I think we can correlate that to no matter what anybody says, what anybody thinks, this is how God sees you. You are absolutely. a daughter. You are a son. You are worth it. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what you do, what you've done or have done, or what you do for a living, your accolades, what you own. None of that matters. God sees you as just you, and that is enough. Yeah, and there will or can be consequences in the on earth here from your actions that you take. That's just the part of of law, the nature of law, or the law of nature. There we go. <laughs> so you know, if you, for instance, if you extreme case, if you've murdered someone, um, you will still go to jail, um, but. If you accept Christ the day that you go before him on the white throne of judgment, that will be wiped clean, but you'll have to deal with the consequences here on earth. Right. As the scripture says, he pushes your sins as far as the east is from the west. Which reminds me of that casting crown song. So oh, great. who could forget it? <laughs> How far is, you know, you, you know that one, you know it. The east is from the west. Well, let's go ahead and get on to our second point and segue into genie. Who wouldn't want a genie? Well, some of us treat God like a genie. And I think that's what a lot of people see wishes as, as far as like, oh, I pray, I get this, I get that. God's not saying this. Mr. Alonzo, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> Life is your restaurant, and I'm your melody. Come on, whisper what it is you want. You ain't never had a friend like me. I mean, the last part, yeah, you ain't never had a friend like God. But <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but he's not He's not up there in, in heaven, in, in eternity, and just like, okay, well, Josh asked for 
a new uh, microphone. He asked for this. He asked for that. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, as long as you praise for it, as he says, I pray you do this in the name of Jesus. And it's just going to magically appear. Great that would happen, but it doesn't. Well, it's like some people treat prayer like a spell, you know? They're like, if I say the right words, and I do. Oh, absolutely. That was a big thing in the Pentecostal church. Really? Whereas, again, I can only speak from my experience. It might be different now. This is not to dog the Pentecostal church. This is just some things that I kind of recognize now. Is there what there seemed to be a big emphasis on all right, if we intercede and intercede and press in and press in, then this will happen. And when it didn't, it was like the biggest crushing disappointment because you pray and you believe and you pray. And it's just like somebody saying, Well, <clears throat> I guess you didn't pray hard enough. That is very destructive. Yeah, it really and is. And like if somebody had said that to me, that would totally turn me off from church. Yeah, it would have been hard to would have been hard to reconcile that. Um, the hyper charismatic movement that I was a part of that was very similar. You just didn't have enough faith. You didn't pray enough. You whatever, and it was like, okay, uh, no, that is not how it works. <laughs> you know, God chooses. God God works with us in our prayers. Yes, um, He does say in His Word, "You have not because you ask not." That is in the scripture. But just because you ask doesn't mean it that you're going to receive Correct. Yeah. doesn't mean you're going to receive it. But at the same time, he's going to give you the desires of your heart. But also at the same time, it's not going to look what you think it's going to look like. Well, and I think the point of that scripture, um, from what I remember from studying it, is that when you're in relationship with him, your desires will change to what he wants you to desire. And therefore, then he will give you the desires of your heart because you have spent so much time with him yeah, that you, your desires a, are correct. You know, like my, uh, uh, a mind like God's uh, kind of in a way, you'll, you'll, you'll see or you'll think, um, you know, ways that are pleasing to him. You'll be focused on that and in turn that's when your desires change to what he desires for you. Yeah. Well, it just, it comes with getting to know someone. I mean, same thing. Like when we started our relationship, I was different. I don't know. I I've, I've picked up some of your mannerisms just because I'm around you all the time. And that happens in all relationships, friendships, marriages, um, siblings, whatever it is, you end up picking up certain mannerisms of the other person that you're with. And same thing happens when we spend time with God. You know, we take start to take on his characteristics. We, be, we begin to be transformed into um, more of his character. And that, I think, is where the desires of our hearts uh, will start to come from. Absolutely. I've heard it been said by some preachers that we treat God and going that to, you know, God is our quote unquote genie. Some people treat God like a parking lot God. Oh, well, please, Lord, let me get this great parking spot. And oh, got it. I was like, a parking lot God? What do you mean? <laughs> my mom is, I think she's, she's got jo- a connection. She, 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 she's joking, I think. I hope. <laughs> but. She's like, yeah, I thought right there, I, I have favor. I'm like, you always have favor. Because <laughs> like, no matter where we go, she always, especially in places that have like 
tight mm-hmm. parking. Like there's only like a little lot. Or only street parking. Right. Or yeah, something like somehow, that. Somehow, somehow, and it might very well be the favor with God because <laughs> starting making the lever out of me. <laughs> she always finds that one place. I don't know how she does it. I don't like she just has like the best timing in the world. I, I don't know how. Yeah, something. But all this to say, we don't need to treat God like a genie. He's not just popping up. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need? There's my best Robin Williams impersonation. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But he does want to have a relationship with you. And he does want to spend time with you and get to know you through prayer, through study. It is like never, never had a friend like me. It's what God's saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking, now this is backtracking a little bit, but the reprise of um, One Jump Ahead, um, I actually think I like that better than the actual song. Isn't that funny? Oh, yeah. The one, ju- yes. I know in the live action remake, there is One Jump Ahead reprise, and then there is a second reprise of that as well. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like after he's been granted his. First couple of wishes, and he has this like inner struggle of like, oh, I got to tell the truth and can't give up this facade. Which, yeah. Is that another one of the points um, that we are, we're going to talk about? Telling the truth? Well, it kind of goes back to like looks can be deceptive because, well, I guess we can go into that now. We were kind of harped on like self-worth. We did. Um, we didn't go into like the full story of. Right. So going that to the part of looks can be deceptive as it relates to Aladdin as a character. He is putting on this facade with the help of genie becoming Prince Ali. And he struts in the town with his elephants and his caravan and his, uh, 92 camels, right? 92 camels and his coats <laughs> and bakers and there you go. his 40 dollars, but war, war key and all that great stuff. <laughs> Which ingenious writing by Howard Ashman and Alan Lincoln. Uh, yes, man. They're just, ugh, they're incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think it's on YouTube. If you ever have a chance, go and listen to the demo recording of Prince Ali. I think it's just, it's a great quote unquote acoustic version of that song. <laughs> so I definitely recommend that. But getting that to Aladdin's facade of being a prince. Well, he knows that he's lying, but he's doing it for the reason that he wants to be with Princess Jasmine. And he can't do that unless he's a prince prince because of the law, which, okay, let's talk about that for a minute. (laughs) The Sultan could have changed the law at any point. (laughs) Which is what he realized at the very end. He's like, oh, I'm a dummy. I could have done this at any time. Am I Sultan or am I Sultan? Yes, you are. You have them the whole time. It didn't change. It didn't go away. Yep. Still the same. But again, it would have been a shorter movie if yeah, yeah. there was logic. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's with most stories. There's just. Well, you could cut down most stories by like five minutes. Any horror movie, any thriller. If he's like, oh, well, that guy is right there. I need to call the police. Oh, he's arrested. All right. Credit roll. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think in terms of putting on a facade in social media, I think is a prime example because we only post the things that we like 
that are polished, the things that we want people to see. We don't well, want people to see, like us at our worst moments. We want people to see at our polished, our filtered, our 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 great moments, our high, our high points. We want them to see us out on a boat at the lake having a great time, like we do that every day. <laughs> Which, of course, is not true. No, I mean I'm. You know, we're doing dishes, doing housework. We got to get the nitty gritties and we got to do what we got to do. Now, the high points are great when they're there, but a lot of times it's just, you know, you got to get in the, in the rut of life. Well, and even when, you know, on social media, even when people tend to post those things that are more exposing, it's always, I've noticed anyway, it's always done with a positive spin or to like make them look better. Have you noticed that? Like if they post something that's what they've like seen as ex- a negative. Yeah, it's but like they, exposing a flaw, but then they whoosh, they turn it into a positive or something. No, I see a lot of MLM there is doing that. <sighs> yeah. You, and they, that's a topic for another day. I won't get into it. But. Yeah, so a lot of people do that on um, on social media. And it's like, okay, can we all just be like real? That would be nice. No, Rebecca, we can't. We can only, be, we can only be real in IRL. <laughs> well... Yeah, I guess social media wouldn't be IRL. Um, yeah, it's well, and Aladdin too is he's pretending to be someone that he's not, and you know we see as the movie progresses that disaster ensues because he keeps up this lie of someone that he's not, and you have to be true to yourself and who you are, and people will still love you for who you are, the ones that matter. Absolutely agree. And there is a scene where, yes, Jeannie has made him the prince, but before the song A Whole New World, um, Jeannie says, hey, tell her the truth. You know, be yourself when he turns into the little bee. <laughs> yes. And he's encouraging him. Yes, I've given you this upper hand, but you need to be true to yourself. You need to be truthful. You need to be honest and open. Because Jasmine, she's no dummy. Yeah, and she's not. She figures it out. Yeah, you know? all, all because of his like little mannerisms. Mm-hmm. His mannerisms didn't change. So in the song, A Whole New World, before they even get on the car, he's like, oh, do you trust me? She's like, what? What did she say? It's like, do you trust me? And she has a little side eye. She's like, yes. <laughs> this seems familiar. But then it really clicks in where... And towards the end of the song, Alan pulls a apple off of a tree and does this little jack and move like with an his shoulder and off of his elbow. And she <laughs> has that look. She's like, I know who you are. Yep. You can't fool me anymore. Can't and she, she traps him because he's he's all in a daze thinking things are going great. And she's, he's like, yeah, the fireworks are great. She's like, yeah, too bad to lose on here. He's like, nah, he hates fireworks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, you cannot backpedal from this, dude. Nope. He <laughs> can't get out of this lie. Well, and then he just puts another lie on top of that. He's like, well, I'm really a prince, but sometimes I go out into the street and pretend to be a commoner. You know, like you did last Thursday. <laughs> exactly. How we met, you know. That wasn't really my home that I took you to. I mean, again, she's not stupid. She knows. Come on. And he realizes that he needs to keep up this facade when it's getting down to the last wish. And Jeannie says, hey, you said that you would wish me free. And this this uh, scene ensues. Me Sultan? No, they want to make Prince Ali Sultan. 
Without you, I'm just Aladdin. Hell, you won! Because of you! The only reason anyone thinks I'm worth anything is because of you! What if they find out I'm not really a prince? What if Jasmine finds out? I'd lose her. Genie, I can't keep this up on my own. I, I can't wish you... That's very telling of what's going on inside of him. He doesn't trust himself. He, he doesn't. He, he paints his self-worth. Going back to that, it's found in being a prince. Yeah. Keep out this facade. Without that, he thinks he has nothing. And I think true. a lot of that time where we place our identity in things, material possessions. Well, if I didn't have this, I'm nothing. If I didn't have my job, who am I? If I don't do this podcast or this project or this creative thing, what am I? Who am I? I'm nothing. Yeah. It's so easy to do. I'm guilty of doing that. I think Often. we I think we all are to a point. Yeah, I think so. Because we attach ourselves to occupations to I mean, uh let's take influencers for example. I mean without their following and without their influence, quote unquote, I mean what do they have? Themselves. And that's enough. Yeah. It is. So that's the point we're trying to drive in is regardless of if you could wish for things, regardless of if you are a prince or of nobility or of status, you being you, being the true person of yourself, that is enough. Yeah. I feel I feel like we're getting the mental health on thirdly with all this. But I know. It's, it's kind it's of funny. Good. It's good. It's a warm up. And we can't end a discussion about Aladdin without talking about the villain of Jafar. When Disney does villains, they do it right. I don't think there's ever been a Disney villain that I haven't liked. Or love to hate. Yes, yes. There there you go. That's (laughs) better phrasing. Yeah. So I actually, at lunch today, watching the news and trying to do homework, but um, they were talking about Disney and how they are now re-examining all of their villains and Jafar was on the list. I don't remember why he's not acceptable anymore in woke culture, but he's not acceptable, apparently. He's not woke enough. Apparently. Uh, Captain Hook was among them because... Why? So, because they didn't want um, a disabled person to Oh be a my villain. gosh, no. That's That was the reasoning, apparently. And then um, Ursula is not safe either. Because something about race that she's race? racist or well, what, something what? or how can you possibly get that? I don't know something about purple skin or being an octopus or she's a fictional character. I this is I don't know. I didn't see the actual report. This is all coming from literally just a news thing. So. Take all of this info with a grain of salt here, but uh, I do believe that they are re-examining all of their villains. That's probably true to see who's woke enough. That makes me concerned for the future of Disney villains. I mean, I was always, uh, after what a couple weeks ago when that video was leaked about Disney, I've been pretty concerned about the future of Disney in general. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what, you're, what we're talking about, go ahead and, Google um, leaked Disney video, and you'll you'll be at the speed. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'd be surprised if you didn't know about it, but um, it's a big news here in the U.S. of a lot of debate. Yeah, 
So again, a little bit of homework for you guys and a little bit to think on. But getting that to Jafar as a villain, he is always in it for himself. What can he gain? Because it first starts with him wanting to find the diamond in the rough because he knows there's a lamp. He wants what it gives, which is the genie, because he wants that power. And this brings us into our last talking point of power. uh, What is it? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. (laughs) Yes, that makes me think of the Newsies, though. Do you know what? Do you know that song where it's in the Newsies? Where it's the the girl, writer, and she's like, wait, power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. Oh, That's yeah. genius. Yes, yes, yes. Like, that, yeah, because you wrote it. That one. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But Jafar is just wanting more and more. He's like never satisfied. And that's the main point that we want to drive home with this point with Jafar is you think you're going to be happy with whatever you get because we've all we've all done this of god if you just give me this then i'll be happy god if this happens then i'll be happy and then what do we do we turn right around and say okay this next thing then i'll be happy then i'll be satisfied you know there's always going to be something bigger better that's going to attract you and you think if you have that you are going to be you're, you're going to be set. You, you won't want anything else. In terms of being more powerful, in the case of Jafar, he's like, this is in the last 10 minutes. He goes through all three wishes because he's trying to get to that next level. And I have these sound clips. So you'll be able to hear like all of the three wishes that he makes. Grant me my first wish. I wish to rule on high as Sultan. Genie! My second wish! I wish to be the most powerful sorcerer in the world! Genie! My third wish! I wish to be an all-powerful genie! Again, he just keeps going and going and going because the reason being, first, he's not... People people aren't countering to him, meaning the sultan and Jasmine when he wishes to be Sultan. And so he says, okay, well, if you won't cower the four Sultan, then you'll cower before a sorcerer. So he wishes to be the most powerful sorcerer. And near the end of the film, where Aladdin's trickery comes into play. In a, in a good way. Yes. He convinces Jafar to wish himself to be an all-powerful genie. Because he has like all the power of the cosmos and is in my command. But what he doesn't know is that there's limitations. But he's just so consumed with power and getting that next uh, hit, so to speak. And when the, the cuffs come on, you know, being chained to being a servant to whoever, you know, rubs that lamp that he's now going to be contained in, he has this reaction. I always think it's funny, like, when villains are in like in such disbelief that they didn't see it coming and it's so exaggerated. <laughs> but but I love it. And this is what I'm talking about. This is when Jafar is contained within his own land. So being his own victim, basically. You wanna be a genie? You got it. <laughs> and everything that goes with it. 
So, Rebecca, with talking about power and corruption, what what would you add to that that we that I haven't already covered? Yeah, power and corruption. It comes a lot of people. It ends up coming when they get a little bit of power. They want more. So he was already the royal vizier, and you know, Iago was in his in his little ear, like, "Hey, we should have more, more, more power." And I think Iago kind of egged him on uh, in a way. And, um, oh, yes, right, because it starts with that. Um, it starts when suitors mm-hmm. are coming to you know, hopefully, when Jasmine has a wife, and there comes a scene where Iago and Jafar had this exchange of you know, we're gonna have to live with her forever. It's like, well, not forever, just until she marries, and then they'll be banished or beheaded. Until she finds a chump husband. And Iago's like, wait, what if you were the chump husband? <laughs> and Jafar is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm no, no chump. He's like, no, 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 no. Get this. If you marry her, then you become sultan. And then you take little Jasmine and daddy and throw them off a cliff. Because mm-hmm. that's that's definitely, you know, moral and good. Yeah. Well, again, they're 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 bad people. They are villains. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it kind of starts with that, I think. And and just, I mean, he was he always loved power, though. I mean, the, since the beginning of the movie, he was trying to get into the Cave of Wonders to get the genie so he could make all of his wishes come true. Um, but then it just got worse and worse uh, as time went on. Well, I think once he, he didn't actually get the lamp, he then was like, ooh, <laughs> What's life going to be like now? And that's when I think he really started plotting. And then when he realized. Yeah, his like ultimate takeover of Agrodar. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Well, I think that brings us to the close of this episode. And you know what? We're we're not going to do a one out of ten. Since the last episode, I've had some time to think about it. And we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Yay. That makes me happy. What we are going to do, though. Uh-oh. Is, and again, I'm not saying that the rating system is going to go away. It's just going to be reinvented. And once it is, it'll 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 come back. But what we are going to do, is we're going to talk about one thing we liked about the movie and one thing we didn't like. So, Rebecca, let's go ahead and hear yours first. Well, I mean, of course the music is amazing. Um, but I mean, you can't deny that. Yeah, yeah. But Josh said that I couldn't have only the music. So... Because you say that about... Well, okay, it'd be easy to say that about every movie that includes great songs. Yeah, well, not every movie. What about uh, Ever After? Oh, gosh. There, that, that's why I didn't pull any audio from it. Because <laughs> I didn't want to subject others to it. <laughs> Especially the, uh, the bad song. No. Oh. No, let's not. Let's not relive that. <laughs> I, I don't. That those aren't my the, the, those two particular episodes of the, um, Happily Ever After and Happily Never, Never After aren't my proudest moments. No, well, I mean, yeah, it was more like a torture and we, week, and, and we did it for that. I thought our Valentine's Day series. <laughs> Why? I guess just to see if it was any good. Anyway, spoiler: <laughs> it wasn't. It was. If you haven't listened to it, <laughs> don't. Well, our our episode might be good. I don't know. We 
We had some fun. Yeah, well, well ripping on uh, it. That's the only way we could have fun. Mm, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's beside the point. The other thing that um, I really enjoyed about this movie, honestly, was Jasmine's reaction to Aladdin and his. I mean, he keeps lying to her, right? And she's like, come on, just tell me the truth. Tell me who you are. I caught you in your lie. Now you got to tell me. And I like that she was very upfront about that. And yet she continued to love him through it, you know? Yeah, that is good. And that that's that's a great. Yeah, she, I, again, I like that part too, because she just didn't go with the flow. It's like, oh, okay, well, you lied. I guess that's okay. I guess I believe you or whatever. No, she, she set up for herself. She took action and, you know, she called him out. Yeah, exactly. I liked it. Um, and that can't be your answer, by the way. You got to pick a different. Thing. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> uh, character development, I really enjoyed. Yeah. Because Aladdin, true. of course, goes through a lot of the arcs mm-hmm. and love the genie, not just his abilities to grant wishes, but with Robin Williams playing the genie, there's a lot of like references that people may not get. Like he does a reference to like Jack Nicholson, (laughs) um, William F. Buckley and, um, gosh, a whole host of other characters that are older that I kind of knew a few of them. And then others, older audiences would get, but I really enjoyed that. So a lot of the comic relief, I really enjoyed about the movie. The one thing I didn't like, and then there's not much not to like about this movie. But I guess if I had to choose one thing, I guess it would have been more of Jasmine's backstory. I would have liked to see a little bit more of that. And I know there's only so much you can fit into a hour and a half movie, but I would have liked to know more of like Jasmine's past, her past family life, because she has a little bit of the, of the development. But I don't think Jasmine's has much of a character development in Aladdin. But again, she's not the main focus, so I understand that. Yeah, the movie is literally called Aladdin. For a reason. (laughs) Yeah, he is the main character. Um, Ooh, I have something. I have something I don't like. In the very beginning, where her dad, where the Sultan and Jasmine are talking, and she takes the little bird out, and she pets the little bird, and then they put the bird back in. And then she's all huffy and mad because she has to marry someone. And she's like, in a moment of passion, she fly, flings open those doors to the little, uh, I think that's the menagerie. And um, and then boom, all the birds fly out. And it's like, now all your birds are gone. You have no friends that sent Raja. <laughs> right. Okay. He's probably he, she, he? He, he? I think, yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, he's also kind of frustrating because, I don't know, I can't be mad at Raja, though, because Abu has human-like characteristics. But I guess I like that he they don't talk. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to find something I don't like because it's such a great. Well, no, movie. I, I think I think those are I think those are good points. But while we aren't doing um, ratings on this one, we would recommend this movie. It is a great representation of the Disney Renaissance era. It also gives a little bit of a foreshadowing of the upcoming Disney movies in the song "A Whole New World." You see them going to China and Greece, uh, yeah. and that's kind of setting up Mulan and Hercules that came out later. Do you think they did that on purpose, though? 
If they didn't, it was ingenious. But if they did, still ingenious. <laughs> and I love. I did like the little Easter egg of um of of the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. And oh, and uh, Pinocchio and Sebastian from Little Mermaid lives in there too. Yeah, that's right. So all around, great movie from Disney. But we are going to end it there. We hope to have you all listen in next week when we start our mental health series. So again, stay tuned to our social media. We'll be releasing some little sneak peeks as we usually do on Wednesdays. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Analuya podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest information. We would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at